Welcome to the Cardboard Herald Reviews, where we give you audio versions of our game reviews, then go behind the scenes of our creative process. Seven Wonders, designed by Antoine Bauza, published by Repost Productions in 2010. Three to seven players, 45 to 60 minutes. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Two to seven players, but I don't like the two-player variant. Every now and then, a game comes out that revolutionizes the industry. In some cases, the game introduces a brand new concept that establishes a whole genre. Think Dominion or Magic the Gathering. But in some cases, it's just such a damn good game that it becomes the definitive representation of an existing idea. Seven Wonders wasn't the first game to rely on drafting as its core mechanic, but it is the game known for it. Seven long years of gaming innovation has happened since its 2010 release, so let's take a look at how the granddaddy of drafting has held up. Like clockwork. As I said, Seven Wonders is a game of drafting. Players represent rival cities and ancient eras competing for economic, military, and scientific supremacy. Each turn, players select one card from their hand, then pass the remaining cards to their neighbor. The selected cards can be built, discarded for money, or be used to build up a stage of your wonder, which is an asymmetric power granting a variety of bonuses at each stage, thematically tying to the classic Seven Wonders of the ancient world. This pick-a-card, play-a-card routine continues until the cards run out, signifying the end of the current age. As each age ends, some cleanup happens where players are awarded points if they have more powerful militaries than the neighbors to their left or right, then new cards are dealt. Three ages are played in total, each with increasingly powerful buildings, allowing for meaty yet nerve-wracking decisions about how to focus your efforts, and worse, what you are leaving available to your rivals. After the third age, players count up points based on the contents of your city, and the game is done. Boom. Easy peasy. 30 to 45 minutes to play a game, but like the best games, for all its simplicity, Seven Wonders hides a rich, strategic underbelly bursting with possibilities that make for an engrossing and highly replayable experience. Rainbow in the Dark Cards and stages of wonders have a variety of costs and effects, but generally they fall into two camps. Production, gray, brown, and yellow, or points, green, red, blue, and purple. Critical to your success in Seven Wonders is ensuring that you can buy the cards. After all, as buildings become more and more powerful, they also become more costly. Most cards require that your city produces one or more resources, otherwise you have to pay a trade fee to your neighbors, let's just call them Jeff and Tina, to use resources produced in the stupid cities. Sadly, most cities will never be able to produce all seven resources, let alone multiples as required by the late game cards, so ultimately, you'll just have to rely on Jeff and Tina's stupid cities at one point or another. It's actually a small but excellent example of the balancing act that Seven Wonders makes you pull. Do you give your opponents money that just helps them out? Or maybe you pick a card that produces resources that you know your neighbor doesn't produce in hopes that they will be coming to your doorstep when they need that sweet, sweet silk.
But wealth in production only gets you so far, and in the end, points are the name of the game. Each color represents a different flavor of getting points, allowing you to make some strategic planning and specialize in one or more fields. Red cards add to your military strength, securing points at the end of each age. Green cards represent science, exponentially becoming more valuable with each card collected. Hot tip, don't let Jeff or Tina collect all of the green. Blue cards, while somewhat less flashy than their Christmassy cousins, are a solid investment as they straight up award points listed on the cards themselves. Then purple cards, which are randomly added into the third age deck, award points in a variety of unique ways based on the contents of yours and your neighbors' provinces. Moving Pictures Two things that are woefully underappreciated about Seven Wonders are the look and the feel of the game. First off, while there are a few individual pieces of artwork in Seven Wonders that are iconic and memorable, the game generally has very high quality art and more importantly, a cohesive aesthetic. The drafting mechanic is definitely an abstraction of civilization building, but through the beautiful art, the trade and military struggle with neighboring cities and the construction of wonders, this game is both engrossing and highly thematic. Some people may argue that abstractions can't be thematic, but those people, Jeff and Tina, are wrong. Strangely, Seven Wonders also has a kinesthetic physicality that I really like. By no means is it a dexterity game, but players simultaneously picking and passing cards creates an almost assembly line-like rhythm that encourages players to maintain pace and not fall into a pit of analysis paralysis. Everyone conducting the same motion at the same time, turn after turn, makes a communal, almost ritual-like feel that is unique to the game. Time after time. I have played a lot of Seven Wonders since its release, and one of the most remarkable aspects is how well the game has held up, and there are a few really good reasons for that. First and foremost, the game is clever without stooping to pretension. For example, by limiting trades and military conflict to your neighbors on either side, the game ensures that you've... The game ensures that you'd have a similar experience whether there are three or seven people at the table. Furthermore, the core mechanic of drafting may seem foreign to new players, but as soon as they've taken their first turn and passed a stack of cards to the left, it becomes immediately intuitive, usually giving players a, that's so simple, why don't more games do that vibe? Even the seeming... Even the seemingly complex iconography is easily deciphered beyond your first game, and the box comes with a handy reference sheet to make sure players aren't lost. But what makes Seven Wonders have a ton of staying power is that it but what makes Seven Wonders have a ton of staying power is what it does that other games can't. It delivers a strategic game of economics and city building in about 45 minutes regardless of player count. Don't get me wrong, the strategic depth will never have... Don't get me wrong, the strategic depth will never rival something like Food Chain Magnate or Brass, but in a world where many people buy games and never find the time to play them, Seven Wonders delivers a fun, approachable, and strategic experience that towers above games that occupy similar play lengths. You can't always get what you want. While I'm obviously a big fan of Seven Wonders, I don't love all of it. Specifically, I think the two-player variant is terrible. Now, in the rulebook, it notes that designer Antoine Bauza invited his friend Bruno Catala to help him design the two-player variant, which is great because I love Catala. He may very well be my favorite designer of all time. 
but the management of a dummy third player is way more work than is worth, and it undermines the general flow and feel of the game. Functionally, the two-player variant works, but I would much rather play a game designed around two players. Fortunately, Bowser and Katala teamed up again to make the amazing Seven Wonders Duel, which far better interprets the formula in a deeply strategic game for two players. The only other bad thing I could say about the game is that it can be a pain to set up and learn out of the box without someone guiding you through the game. With so many new symbols being thrown at you, the need to set up decks correctly for the number of players, and the unique mechanics that are pretty seldomly used in other games, this is one that I'd recommend learning from another player or at least watching some learn-to-play videos online. Just remember that it's totally worth it, and once you get a turn or two in, it'll all make sense. Final Thoughts Innovation attracts imitation, which often leads to improvement. This is why so many of the most iconic and important games in this hobby seem stale after a few years. On the other hand, Seven Wonders blended drafting and abstract civilization building in such a powerful way that it left very little to improve upon. Seven Wonders remains the preeminent drafting game in this hobby seven years in and remains a fresh, strategic, and thematic experience fit for newcomers and veterans of the hobby. While it is far from my favorite game in my collection, it is one of the most flexible and consistently enjoyable. For its broad appeal, unique and unparalleled mechanics, and overall fit and finish, Seven Wonders remains one of the most easily recommendable games in my collection. You know, I played Seven Wonders like a week ago from the time I was recording this. I had a lot of fun with it. I actually played with all the expansions, including Babel, which I still haven't done a review for. And I kind of made a thing out of seven years of Seven Wonders. I'm going to do all the Seven Wonders stuff in 2017. And I didn't. I never got around to that review of Babel. I really should. It's an interesting expansion. But Seven Wonders is one of those things where when you add too much, it can just become overwhelming. But I pretty much reviewed all the other stuff that I could possibly get my hands on. Seven Wonders Duel. I did a Broken Token video of the Seven Wonders insert, which was like the first video we did for the Cardboard Herald uh, video channel. And it's pretty terrible. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've moved on past that. I think I had a mustache in that video. Did I have a mustache in that video? I don't know. Anyway, uh, this review, this is slick. Like, reading through this, I'm pretty pleased with this. And uh, one of my favorite memories about this review itself is an image that we took where my wife and I were trying to come up with who are the, the worst people that we could imagine uh, that were representations of ourselves in very, very exaggerated ways and came up with Jeff and Tina. And we came up with what they would look like and did a little photo shoot of Jeff and Tina playing games together. And it's adorable. And literally they are the worst people in the world. <laughs> uh, but I, I still have a lot of affection for Jeff and Tina. So if you get a chance, check out the show notes and click on the link and that'll bring you to the review on the site. And you can see who Jeff and Tina are and what they really look like here. Uh, it's kind of a trip to go back to that picture. But Seven Wonders itself, is this game still a game that I'm enjoying? And yeah, I, I really like it. I think about it quite a bit. Um, I'm actually working on a rook and record for Seven Wonders, specifically because it has this kind of 
uh, I don't know, comfort food of gaming feel to it. Something that's enjoyable and it has this kind of rotation element to it that I, I really dig in. Uh, the cyclical nature is kind of like records and I have a lot to say on both topics. And the game still feels fresh and fun. I'll admittingly, I play a lot more Seven Wonders Duel now, and that's probably because I do more two-player gaming than I do higher-player accounts, but it, it is nice to have something to break out uh, every now and then, and occasionally I still tuck it into a, uh, a coffee shop session during lunch with some work buddies, and then sometimes I'll break it out at home. I do not play the two-player version. Uh, my feelings definitely haven't changed on that. I have heard that Antoine Bowser is still working on a, another expansion to the game. I don't know that I really need it. Like at this point, my my Seven Wonders content lust has reached its apex and I don't think I need any more. Um, and this was one of the first games where I started thinking about more is not always better. While I independently really like Cities and Leaders and Babel, um, when I don't play with all three of them, I feel like I'm not using every part of the buffalo. But when I do play with all three of them, especially if I try to incorporate um, all of the mechanics that are present in all of them, then I start going, wow, there are so many rule books to reference here. There are so much content here. And how distance is this from what the, the core mechanism of the game is that is what brought me to love it in the first place. I still have a lot of fun. Uh, if I were recommending to anyone to get one expansion first, I'd probably go with leaders. I really like it. It, it adds a, a new little flavor and twist to the game. Um, from there, uh, I don't know, either Cities or Babel are good and worth checking out. But I got reviews of Cities and Leaders, so we'll we'll hear those on this channel. Not much new to report. Otherwise, I um, think it's a good review, and it's really fascinating to go back to these. Um, one, having the titles here i'm sticking with the the thematic titles you know there's no quotes in this one but i uh, i'm sure you picked up on the theme of the different titles here uh, if you didn't you can do some google searches on moving pictures rainbow in the dark like clockwork uh, what else we got here? Time after time. You can't always get what you want. I'm sure you'll get some hits and figure out what's going on with those. And uh, it's also interesting because there's a lot of language in here that I really love. The one thing that stood out to me uh, more than anything is where I talk about it not being a dexterity game, but that I really, really enjoy the the physicality of it here. Strangely, Seven Wonders also has a kinesthetic physicality that I really like. By no means is it a dexterity game, but players simultaneously picking up and passing cards creates an almost assembly line-like rhythm that encourages players to maintain pace and not fall into a pit of analysis paralysis. That feels a little bit stuffy, you know, a little bit lofty. Uh, and also I noticed that I use players uh, in there a couple times in the same sentence. Uh, maybe could have used a, 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 a different word here or there. But overall, I, I really like the way that I was thinking in this. And it's a completely different way that I present my video reviews. And I feel like 
I, I could learn a lot about the the time that I'm spending contemplating each word I use in a written review for my video reviews, trying to make sure that I'm articulating things in the best and most interesting and entertaining and thought-provoking of ways. I also really like how I condense the explanation of the game down into like three paragraphs and any extra explanation that you need, you can get from the, the remainder of the review. It's really concise. I'm not just regurgitating how the game works. I'm commenting on the game and the only explanation that's needed is really enough to give you context for what my comments are for the rest of the review. And that's something that I, I really strive for and I don't usually succeed in a video because I'm trying to do a visual representation of how this game is operating. But I still strive for it. And I think that as I do more of these TCBH reviews, readings of my older work, then I think I can reflect on that and incorporate some of those um, sensibilities I had to learn for my written reviews into my video reviews. So that's pretty much what's going on. Let me know what you think of my review. You can hit me up at cardboardherald at gmail.com or on Twitter at cardboardherald. You can also just hit the contact link at the top of our site, www.cardboardherald.com. We got all kinds of reviews coming up and also... If you are interested in doing some contributions to the Cardboard Herald, either video, podcast, uh, writing, whatever, I would love to feature your stuff. Whether you're trying to build up your own podcasting or review empire and you just need someone to co-publish or you're just looking for a cool outlet that wants to host your review so you could be like, dude, my review is up on this site. I would love to take a look at your work. So get in touch with me. And I guess last, I want to hear what your thoughts on Seven Wonders are and why I am completely wrong about the two-player mode because I know everyone except for me is talking about how cool that two-player mode is. Well, Actually, a lot of people really hate it, but a lot of people who really like it, they really like it. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Jack for the Cardboard Herald. As always, the Cardboard Herald is a completely free service focused on spotlighting games, gamers, and game creators. You can find all of our podcasts, including the Cardboard Herald and TCBH reviews, on iTunes, Stitcher, and our website. For more recommendations and reviews, you can also head over to our YouTube channel. We do not pay to advertise the show, so please continue spreading the word, following, liking, rating, and doing all the social media things. It truly does help us out a ton. If you'd like to drop us a line and maybe have your listener mail read on air, Find us on Twitter at Cardboard Herald or send us an email to CardboardHerald at gmail.com or click the contact link on our page. Once again, thank you for listening. I've been Jack for the Cardboard Herald and you keep on gaming.